The word change, I want to talk about it. And Isaiah 43, 19 is where I'll bring one of my scriptures out. And everybody, I don't know, I ain't going to say that. I got, everybody may not know this scripture. <laughs> so I'm going to read it to you. Isaiah 43 and 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. And y'all have heard me preach on this before. First he says, I will, okay? Now when he, the I am, says, I will, then you can take it to the bank because he's going to do it. So if he says, listen, I, the great I am, I will do this, then it's going to happen. It's not some fabricated, made-up story or some lie because he cannot lie. When he says, I will, then guess what? It will happen. You can take it just like the whole book of the Bible. There's over, I don't know, 3,000 prophecies in the Bible. And just when Jesus came to the earth and was born, it fulfilled like a 1,000 of those prophecies. And that There's never been a book and will never be a book that's out there that every prophecy so far has been 100% accurate. So when he says, I will, you better take it and read it all the way to Revelations. And when he says, I will come again, you better put it, put it, put it there and you better live by it. Because he will. Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I will. I preached on that word behold. That means look. Look at this. See this that I'm about to do. I will do a new thing now. Shall it spring forth? Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's saying, I will do a new thing. But shall we not know it? That's the big thing. The Hebrew word for new there is the word kadesh, and it means fresh. It means new thing. Fresh. How many want stale bread? How many, when they go to the supermarket, do you go in there and look for the bread that's expired, that's stale and moldy, and you say, that's the bread I want? Nobody. We push the loaf, we push on it, we make sure it's soft, and we want to get the freshest loaf of bread that we can to bring home with us to sustain us in our home. And that's the way it is. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. The new way means fresh thing. It's something that, that you need to take hold of and you need to take home with you. It's something that will sustain you and keep you because God does not operate in old and moldy. Come on, somebody. He said fresh. So everybody in here wants something fresh. Can we agree on that? Amen. When you come here on Sunday morning, what do you want? Lord, I want a fresh word. I want a fresh revelation. I want a fresh fire. I want freshness, God. I want the newness of you. I want what you're going to do, the, the best revelation, a fresh glory, a fresh presence, a fresh power, a fresh thing. Well, he's saying I'm doing that new thing, but you don't even know that I'm doing it in front of you. Because I don't operate the way you think I operate. So why every Sunday morning, if we want freshness of God and newness of God, why every Sunday morning are we living on stale bread of last week? Why every morning when there's fresh bread coming forth, you pull out a piece of, of manna that was for yesterday and you start nibbling on it while fresh manna is being put out before you and the word of God is being put out before you. Why are you content with eating stale bread when my God says I will do a new thing, a fresh thing in your midst, but are you going to know it? 
Come on, somebody. We got to change our mindset that yesterday is gone. God's new in today. He says, my mercies are new every day. Every day we should wake up wanting the freshness, the newness, the power, the revelation, the words of God fresh up in our lives and not hold on to the stale, the bitter. What got us through yesterday will not get us what's through today. I'm preaching better than y'all are amening. So shall you not new thing, new, fresh. That Hebrew word says, I will do a new thing, and this is now. That Hebrew word for now means it's the word at all. It means at this time. At this time. Henceforth, now, straightway. At this time. So he says, I'm going to do something fresh and something new now at this time. Not tomorrow. Not a week from now. Not two hours from now. But now at this time, I'm wanting to do a new thing in your life. And if I'm wanting to do it now at this time, straightway from henceforth, that means before you take another step, I want to do something new in your life and to make you complete that other step. But the thing about it is, he's saying now the freshness, the newness of God is for you right now. But then he goes on to say, are you even going to know it? I'm trying. I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying to do it. I will fulfill the promises, he says, of this word and the prophecies of this word. But who he does it through depends on the people who are open to what he is about to do and trying to do now. Oh, that was good right there. He's going to fulfill the prophecies of this word, but who he does it through is depends on the people who are ready and are open to the fresh thing, the now thing that Jesus is doing. Instead, we, we have collected stale wafers and stale manna and stale bread when he says, I'm fresh and I'm wanting to do it now. Shall it, it shall spring forth. Shall spring forth. The Hebrew word there for spring forth is to saw mock. I can't say the words. It means to sprout. It means to bring forth. It means to grow up. He's saying right before your eyes, right now, I want to bring something up. I want, to, I want it to come up right before you that you can see it, that you can taste. The Bible says taste and see that I'm good. It's hard to taste and see if God is good if your mouth's full of old stale bread. Mm-hmm. Behold, shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. That's what he is saying here in Isaiah 43, 19. And I want to speak on the word to bring forth something new that change has got to happen. There's no way around change happening if something new is coming. Come on, somebody. If I could get, who wants to help me? One of my younger kids hall children. Try to keep y'all involved. Who, who wants to help me? Anybody want to help me? Come here, Miss Redhead. Boy, she marched in the middle of that stage with the power and the anointing of God, didn't you, baby? And there wasn't no, wasn't no doubt on who you was worshiping a while ago, was there? That's right. Oh. Stick that one back there. Here's a dollar. 
What do you want this? You want this dollar. How bad do you want it? You don't know, but you do want it. All right, I want you to take this dollar. I want you to put it in your hand. I want you to hold it tight in your fist like this. Let me see it. Just like this, okay? Hold it tight. All right, I want you to take that fist. Take this hand. Make a fist. All right, I want you to put this dollar in that hand without opening it. You opened it. You opened it. Close this hand back. Got to keep both hands closed, but put this dollar over there without opening your hands. Can you do it? You, you can't do it, can you? That's what he says. He said, who shall ascend the mountain? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. God gives us blessings. He does. He rained down manna for the children of Israel every day. But the sixth day, he rained enough down for the next day. And he said, listen, don't take no more than you need. Get what you want and don't depend on it to, that to supply you for the next day because the Bible says that when it rained down, they went out and gathered it for what they needed for their house and then the bread become old and stinky and moldy. And we hold on to it. We hold on to it. I now take it and put it in that other hand. Ever how you want to do it. You can ever how you want to do it. You can open your hands now. Okay? She's sneaky too. So I did 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 the money change hands? It did, didn't it? Do you still have the money in your hand? You do. This is the way we live our Christian life. God says, I've come to do a new thing and change your mindset and change that you'll depend on me tomorrow for the blessings for tomorrow, not hold on to the past blessings that was yesterday. And how you have to do that is you have to change your mindset is that God is going to take care of me tomorrow. That's who he is. He is going to take care of his children. But this is the way we live right here. We hold on to the blessings of God. And he's trying to change. And we don't want to let go. And change can't happen unless we let go. And so when we finally say, okay, I'll let go, she took it and put it in this hand and in this hand. She changed hands, but she still got the money. That's called rearrange. That's not change. She rearranged the money. The money is still in her life, still in her presence, still in her self. And so that change never really happened, but a rearrangement happened. She took it from one hand, put it in the other hand. She rearranged it in her life. That's the way we live in Christianity. God says, I come to change your life. And what we want to do is let him rearrange our life. And before he can change our life, we have to open both hands and let things go so change can happen, okay? Let's, let's see this. Because guess what? He says, I'm new every day. And he, he, he don't operate old and moldy and stale. He operates in bigger and better and greater. Okay? All right, here's $5. Now, to get this $5, you have to get rid of the $1. You want the $5. So throw the $1 down. Throw it down on the floor. That's the way he operates. Before she could ever get the five, 
She's got to be willing to let go of the one. The one was a blessing when it came in. She wanted the one when it came into her life. And God tried to do something. And she changed from one hand to the other. She rearranged. But for her to get what God wanted, which was greater than what she had, was to get the five, she's willing to throw down the one and pick up the five because it is greater. The problem is we never see what God is trying to do in our lives because we are focused on the one in our hand and we don't want to let go of the blessing when he says listen I've got five more waiting on you if you'll just release that and open your hands back up then I can place what I have back in your hands and that can sustain you for the day it's a mindset we get stuck on the past the old things the old manner the old blessings and we cleave to it and we hold to it so hard and we sit there and we look in our hands. And God is over here with a new. Hey, I'm new. I'm wanting to do something fresh in your life. I'm wanting to do something greater in your life. And we sit there and we look. And we look. But he says to get it, you have to have clean hands. You have to open your hands up and allow me to change. You can keep that $5. You want the one too? It goes with you too. That's what... Yes, you can go now. That's what serving God does. You get to keep what he has placed in your life, but don't hold on to it. You understand what I'm saying? That's the way we live. We just say, God, I want to change. When he come to save you, he came to change you. That's what he came to do. When he came to this world and died on that cross and give up the ghost and said it's finished, he didn't come to rearrange the world. He came to change the world through his blood. His blood, the power of the resurrection and the cross, it changes things. It is not meant to rearrange yourself. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen, amen. I seen him walk out. Distorted comfort and familiar pain. I can go, I can, I can, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I'm trying to get this out right now. I think my help. Is Christian still here? No, he's not. I thought I seen. Hold on, y'all just bear with me. I talked about this with him. I do need some help, and I pray it goes like it's supposed to. Come here. All right, I want you to change this. Change the way it is right now. Ever how you want to do it, just... just.
Okay. Why did you move the circle? You don't know why? Did the circle need to move? I mean, it's, it's not, I'm just wondering why. I just didn't know if there was any, any logic by why you moved it or didn't move it. Really nothing. Okay, that, that's fine. So you did, you did change this, right? Okay. Thank you. So it did not go the way I planned it to go. <laughs> She's too smart. But she, she can be right. So when I, when I went over this with Christian earlier, I asked him, I said, Christian, I come out here. I said, change, change this. I said, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I'm going to take this and move it over here. Take this and move it right here. I'll move this here. I'll move this here. And he said, there. I changed it. That's our mentality. I'm glad she don't think like that. But really, all you done was rearrange. The circle can represent your life. The things that go in your life, the weights that so easily beset you and, and bring you down. This is a picture of a, a job, uh, sports, politics, the American dream. And what we do is Jesus is saying, I want in. And he comes in. This is represent Christianity because it's, it's such a loose word that we don't... So we come and we, we bow at an altar and he says, listen, I come to change you. And we take the, the, the name of I'm a Christian now. The Christian means to be, you're supposed to be Christ-like, okay? So if you ain't living Christ-like, you are not the definition of a Christian. So we ask and, and we allow him to come into our lives. And there he is, Christianity at the center of our lives. And really, our life's never changed. We just allowed him for the, to be the center. That's good. That's, I mean, he needs to be the center of your life. Through time, this is what happens. This gets shoved over here. This gets shoved over here. This gets shoved. We'll put that in the middle. We rearrange our lives over time because it was never intended for it to have all this clutter in it to begin with. Okay? So we push, being a Christian over here, the job takes the, the, the center of our lives and then it's a constant living and rearranging. We rearrange. We rearrange. We, we go through another facet of life where, where sports and we put that in the center. We put that when, th when this is what God wants. He says, when I come, you are supposed to be a new creature. You are created in him. I come to change everything. I come to make your life different, to change your life. So if we're going to do that, what we do is we, like she did, all this stuff has to stay over here. This, the word of God, has to become the center of our life. It's got to be what we live on, our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all that counts. That's all that counts. Do we have to have a job and we have to have things? Yes, we have to have those things in our life. But this is the only change 
that's supposed to happen in your life. It gets rid of everything else. And then God steps up and says, let me be the sinner without all this clutter, without all the weight, and without all the job and the sports and the politics and the marriage you can dream, even the title of a Christian. Throw that junk out the window. Let me into your life and let me be the only person in your life. We confuse change and rearrange. And what happens is... We, here comes our, our, our job. You know, we start focusing in on it. This can represent, the will can represent the center of your life. And this comes back, you know, chasing the American dream. You know, uh, weights in your life, sorrows start coming in. These start coming in. Well, then all these things are fighting for that one thing. And then this is what we find ourselves doing. Letting, rearranging, pushing him out. Pushing him out. He said, listen, nope. I want to change you again. Let me have control of your life. We live in a mentality of a state of rearrange. We want to rearrange our churches. We want to rearrange our worship. We want to rearrange our schedules. We want to rearrange all these things. When God says, I don't want to rearrange anything because if you rearrange something, you still got the old stuff in there. You just put it in a different position in your life. I came to change you. I came to change you and be the fullness of you and be your breath, be your life, be who you are but through me. I came to make you new. That's what he says oh, y'all done got quiet on me if I went over to these air conditioners and just turned the fan on guess what that's just rearranging the air but if I hit the thermometer and I kick it up or down that is changing the atmosphere a lot of people are blowing air hot air huh. you've got the fan going but there's no change happening. You can talk a lot, but there's no change happening. If God does not control your life, if he does not control you, then change will never happen. All you will do is live in a constant state of rearranging your life. You'll feel good for one minute because you put God back in the center, but before you know it, two weeks later, you shoved him out and brought whatever is in the circle then back in there, and it's took over your life, and you just constantly live in a constant state of rearranging, 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 rearranging. When God says, I I came to change you. Behold, I will do a new thing now. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's what he came to do, and that is what he's looking to do. And for you to be able to do that, you've got to allow everything else out of your life and allow him into your life to change your life. Change, the, the dictionary word is to make different Replace something else. Replace, not rearrange. The noun means the act or instant of making or becoming different. You can't say you're a Christian if you never changed. You can say, listen, I rearranged my, I rearranged my life to fit Christ into it. He didn't come to fit into your life. He come to have control of your life. And that's the mindset that we are in. We want to keep him in, and we'll go through the spell of, of, 
of, of, of saying, God, I need you, and we bring him back in, but we never get, we just rearrange him in our lives. We take him off this shelf and put him on this shelf. We take him off this shelf and put him on this shelf. We need him now, we bring him back. We need him, we need him back. That is just rearranging your life. A box full of stuff you have to move out if you want change. Just to move it around is not change, it is just a rearrange. Everyone is fine with rearrange because it looks different, but it requires you not to let anything go. Mm -hmm. Everybody's fine with rearrange because it looks different, but it, and it requires you not to let nothing go. Think about it. Lord, I'm fine. Come into my life. I don't want to change, though. Change requires you letting things go. So we live a life, a Christian life, called the rearranged Christian life. Well, we rearrange it without ever letting anything go. And we're fine with that. That's the, that's the American dream. How can I fit Christ in the dream that I want to, to do? And he's saying, listen, I am I am the dream. I am the life. I am the giver. I am the bread. I am the way. I am the water. I am the fountain. I am him. So it's got to go through me to get you there because if you do it on your own, then all you are is rearranging your dream and trying to fit me into it. And that's why a lot of people live their spiritual Christian life constantly rearranging their life to make their selves feel better but never changing their life, letting go of self to die for the cross. That's the reason a lot of people come to church on Sunday morning, not for change, but to a rearrangement so I can feel better when I leave. Mm. Lewis, you may want to come on up here and help me stop. Hey, because we don't want to let nothing go. We say, God, I need you. He said, well, let that thing go. Let that dollar go. A blessing, an old blessing is not a bad thing, but an old blessing keeps from you from the new thing. I mean, there may be things in your life that is sin that you need to let go, but, and you need to let it go so he can change your life. But there's also people holding on to things that are good when given to God, but he can't get you past that because you're not willing to let go of that and let him change you again. Like I said in, in Exodus, every day fresh man would fall in Exodus chapter 16. And we all agreed before I ever said anything, we all agreed that we all want fresh bread. We all want new bread. We all want it. But we are unwilling to have the mindset of that he will take care of us tomorrow if we let go of what we got yesterday. I want to hold on to that, Lord. I want to hold on to that word you give me. Now, words can come in seasons, but when the next seasons come, guess what? You have to let go of that word for the new season. God works in change, changing your life. We see the fresh manna that would fall. They were, were supposed to together it. In Exodus chapter 16 and 20, it says, after it, it would stink and have worms. 
if, if you wait or if we wait, we cannot, we cannot miss this. All that, we, all that will be left is the remnants of blessings that God rained down, and we will miss the blessings of the fresh bread. I'm going to say this again. Everyday fresh manna would be to be gathered according to everyone's pers- per- person and his house. After that, it would stink and have worms. Okay, if we miss that, then we're missing what God wants to do now. And he's trying to bring and bring forth fresh bread through change, not rearrange. Manna would come down, new manna every day. The bread of life is trying to bring new change and blessings into your life. You cannot live on past manna. Obedience, obedience is change. You cannot have change without obeying. You cannot have change, just because the bishop said, you cannot have change without obedience. He said, listen, he gave them how the manna would fall. They had to obey that. They had to obey what the word of the Lord says. Sometimes change is is scary. Think about Abraham and Isaac. Obedience, though, brought forth the change that was going to happen. If he's never willing to let go of the promise and sacrifice it, then the change will never happen. What is change? Obedience is change. And your willingness, obedience is the change, and your willingness to move in that obedience. You have to be willing to do what he says and move when he says to move. Leave the things behind that he says leave behind. I mentioned this last week, Genesis chapter 12, when he told uh, uh, Moses to, to, or Abraham to leave, leave, his, leave the family and go to a land I'll show you. And then what does he take? He takes a lot. Let me just read that. I'm trying to close. Genesis chapter 12, 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Goes on to verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Lot went with him. Then Abraham took Sarah his wife. Look, took Sarah his wife and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. Did he say take all that junk with you? Did he tell Abram to take all, take Lot, take all the sons, all that you have accumulated, all the possessions, all the people that you have married back in Haran, take that to the land of promise that I'm giving you? No, he did not say that. He said leave that and go to a land that I'll show you. Leave that family. And we can see because all he done was rearrange. He rearranged. 
And when they got to there, where they sitting there and they're looking, well, this side, this looks good. This looks good. Which land are you going to take Lot? Which land are you going to take Abraham? Guess what? Abraham tells back, Lot takes the good portion that looks good. All that happened because Abraham was not willing to change in that moment. He rearranged, and the blessing that God could have had from him, the more and the greater got split in half, and he had to divide it between something that he was supposed to left in his path. If you're dragging stuff from your past It's going to come to a point Where your past is going to cause you some difficulty It's coming to a point where it'll catch up with you When he's saying leave it in the past Quit rearranging who that the past says you are Quit rearranging your life to what used to be and let me change your life forever. Leave those things in the past and let me change you. Let me change you. Lord, we worship you. If you would stand with me, I'm, I'm closing. I'm closing. need to quit confusing with rearrange with the word change. When God said I come to change you. I come to make you new. I come to give you new blessings. I come to give you the newness of who I am. And the only name and the only person that can bring forth a true change is Jesus. That's it. When the great I am says I will, then he will. He will. Jesus didn't come to rearrange the world. He came to change the world. So he didn't come to rearrange your life. He came to change your life. What we have done is took something and we've tried to rearrange and rearrange and rearrange. God says you've got to let all that stuff go so that I can change you. I'll finish this later. I believe the Lord is speaking to the, some people in here this morning that you've, that you've done just that. You've rearranged for so long and you've not let God really change you. You've tried to keep it all together and, and keep Him in there when He says, listen, I have to be the center of everything I have to be it I have to be the head I have to be the way I have to be the truth I have to be the bread I have to be the water I have to be the door I have to be the healer the deliverer the provider I have to be everything in your life but you've rearranged for so long and this morning he said I've come by to change you if you allow me to do it. If you allow me to do it. If God's speaking to you right now, I want you to make your way to this altar. If God's speaking to you right now, I want you to make your way to this altar.